TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to the Two Guys at a Mike Show, TalkZone.com. It's the coach back at you after a week off last week. I want to thank all the uh, young kids who filled in last week. At Justin Weiner, JW, uh, Adam Hogue, Brady Ziff, the rest of the crew doing an outstanding job holding down the fort while the coach was uh, working a basketball camp. I much, much appreciated that. Uh, great sports weekend. Well, good sports weekend. If nothing else, we had some big wins, we had some big losses. Of course, our show emanating out of the uh, fine city of Chicago. We'll talk about interleague baseball and the Cubs and the Sox, but it is the coach back with you in the uh, big dog via the phone, as he usually is, Joel Radwanski. Let's bring him into the show. The pride, if not the joy, ladies and gentlemen, of blackandbluecity.com. Joel Radwanski, big dog, how are you? Uh, coach, uh, yeah, I might be the pride. I don't know if I'm the joy the way that uh, the blue part of that black and blue city has been playing, and Coach, I, I'm really glad to have you back. It, it's good to talk to you on so many levels. I loved everybody that you paired me with this week, but, you know, it's always good to have you back. The, the good thing is now you tend to put guys with me that I don't feel like choking, which helps. Okay, that I have to admit it. I really do appreciate that you, you put less combative guys in there, but guys that aren't always agreeable, which I can deal with. Yeah, you're talking about our, our past our past radio show at times you would have a major conflict kind of a battle of egos if you will but the guys last week young and upcoming were willing to uh, let the big dog kind of do his thing without much conflict huh well uh, yeah i don't care if they tell me i'm wrong you know but i have to admit there was a there was a couple of guys that you put me with <laughs> with the old show that i was just like coach this, i mean this guy's a hack and he's he's horrible <laughs> <laughs> But no, the guys last week, excellent, excellent. Good stuff. Beautiful. I appreciate your uh, coming on to blackandbluecity.com. Of course, Big Dog, one of the hosts of that. That's the uh, blue of the Cub versus the black of the White Sox. And uh, hey, look at the bright side. Big Dog, I am an ultimate optimist. The Cubs now have a one-game winning streak. Our arrows pointing up. Uh, it's funny you said that because when the series started, I actually, because uh, we had a big party in the parking lot. Uh, and, and by the way, to all my friends who came out, thank you very much. And all of my friends who didn't come out, quit complaining that you didn't come out. You should have been out there. <laughs> I mean, seriously. You know, why didn't you invite me? I invited everybody. Okay, but it, it was all the beer you can drink, all the free food you wanted. It, it was it was just downright crazy. And I used the line there. I was like, well, both these teams come in red hot, riding winning streaks. You know, but I looked at them, I was like, well, yeah, the White Sox have a nine-game one. The Cubs have a one-game winning streak. You know, so. <laughs> It's all about perception, right? Yes, absolutely. Now, what, you were in the parking lot uh, with the folks uh, representing blackandbluecity.com for opening game, Friday's game? Uh, yes, yes. And you provided free beverages to anybody that showed up? Yeah, anybody that wanted wow. beer and hot dogs, we gave them to. We w- okay, now, I, I have to admit, Coach, I, I could not believe I did it. But um, let's just say... A couple of downright unbelievably gorgeous girls came up. Yep. Hey, oh, you're filming a TV show, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, hey, give them some beer. She's like, they're like, oh, we'd love some beer. I'm going to call them. Let me check your ID. And <laughs> I was really only doing it because I wanted to find out where they lived. 
Yeah. It was like 18. <laughs> you know, so they had, they walked away. You know, I was like, guys, you, you're going to get us in trouble. You got to figure out that these girls are 21 or not. But yeah. it was, uh, it was a really good time. Coach. See, Man, that's how much you've matured over the years. Four or five years ago before your radio career took off and you became a shining star. Of course, with natural age and maturity, you probably, uh, would have had a different take on the 18 year old driver's license. Yeah. But yeah, don't forget, I was also married at that time. So that made me a, a registered pervert. That's right. Married. I you forgot. I mean? Hey. How you doing? <laughs> for a brief moment in time, I did forget about that. The big dogs uh, was married again for a brief moment in time. <laughs> yeah, you know, but you know, now that I'm you know single, I, you know, I'm not as much of a pervert. You know, I have a chance to throw my oats every once in a while. So you, 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 you I mean, that might sound bad. It probably sounds worse than it's coming out. But yeah, beautiful. Well, it's great to have you aboard. Uh, of course, we do this show every day, ten till eleven. Coach of the big dog at your service. You want to talk? Sports, or of course, uh, jump off the sports page, talk a little politics or movies. We do that uh, on more than a few occasions. Our phone number here, if you want to join us, 888-463-6748, 888-463-6748. Big Dog, it's been a tough, tough summer for me. First, you know, the BP oil spill, then the trading of Dustin Bufflin, the uh, way too early passing of Rue McClanahan, and on top of all those three, the U.S. soccer team is knocked out over the weekend. Uh, difficult, difficult summer thus far for me. By the way, those order events were not necessarily an order of importance to me. Yeah, and uh, at least, you know, when I watched that game, it, it wasn't any controversial loss. It wasn't like, oh, woulda, coulda, shoulda. The better team won that game. I don't care what anybody says. I keep on hearing this, oh, they didn't play their game. What are you talking about? Ghana took it to them up and down the field the whole entire game. I would disagree with that. No, but, I mean, Coach, maybe they should be disappointed because uh, all I know is it didn't seem like like the better team lost is all I can say on that. I don't know much about soccer, but. I do. That's what it seemed like to me. Yeah. Well, I agree with you. Uh, and again, soccer fans, you want to check in. We'll do a quick little, uh, segment here on the soccer as the World Cup continues. 888-463-6748. I agree with you that the United States, uh, you know, the fair and square, no referees decision. So that was good. No controversy. Where I'll disagree with you is I don't think Ghana was the, uh, the better. That was two even teams. They could probably play. 20 times each team would win nine, 10 or 11 game. Two pretty even teams. Ghana came up with the big goal, but, uh, you know, they certainly weren't a significantly better team than the U.S., at least in my eyes. Well, it didn't. It seemed like Ghana scored, you know, early on in both times when they really needed a goal. I, I, well, you know what? What do I know about the game? I really don't know much. You've actually <laughs> coached it. Yeah, but you got caught up in the soccer fever. I'm proud, of you, even though you're not a soccer guy, you got caught up into it. Would you say, Big Dog? You know, it caught a little bit, but as far as mainstream. Water cooler conversations still infiltrating the United States sports mentality. It's still, I don't know how to gently put this, but it basically hasn't done it yet. No, it, it hasn't. And you're going to, they're going to need, uh, they're going to need to win like the World Cup yeah. in order to grab, uh, everybody. A, a miracle on ice and soccer. Yeah, I, I hate to say that's what it's going to take. Uh-huh. That's exactly what it's going to take. And still, you know, I've heard a lot of different reasons why uh, why it is not popular in the United States. And the one that I never heard brought up is the one that I always say is because there's really not statistics for it. And that might sound stupid, but we can, you know, we're all about, like, the fantasy stuff. We're about to say, oh, yeah, well, my second baseman hit 285 with 10 home runs last year and sold 30 bases, and, well, 
uh, is better than yours. He had 265 with eight homers, and he only stole 20. You know what I mean? When you compare players, we can't. Nobody knows who's a better player unless they score like the one goal. So the one goal scored in a whole entire game that 22 guys played in, possibly 28. What, is he the only guy with the statistics? Mm-hmm. I think that has a lot to do with it, Coach. Is it's an interesting, there... interesting theory, one I haven't heard before. I don't know if it's right, but it's an interesting theory. I like that aspect of it. The, one of the, the, you, you play for 45 minutes and there's no score, and then there's no way to really, um, besides like the time of possession, but that like per team and not like per player. Mm-hmm. Americans need to like, oh, this guy did this and this guy did that. Yeah. You know, that's why offensive linemen are kind of forgotten about, but in the whole scheme of of football, the other 17 players on the field can get statistics. To so, me, there's very few things in sports as exciting as the time of possession statistics. So I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll peruse the time of possession statistics during football season. You know, I'll go over all 16 games of the week and mm-hmm. look at the time of possession. But I have a very lonely life, Big Doug. See, don't judge me as the normal American citizen. Well, I mean, you're married, though. That's, yeah. that's the problem. By the way, on your social life, if you had to rate time of possession for this weekend uh, above the Mason-Dixon line, below, or somewhat on the hands-off category? I would have to say that, uh, for me, it was an extremely good weekend for me. Really? A, a, a plus time of possession rating. Yes. Very nice. Definitely. definitely coach. Very, nice. very good. Very nice. You didn't get any yellow cards, I hope. I certainly hope not. I guess we'll find out in a couple weeks. <laughs> I won't expound on that any further. David Olson, by the way, our producer, he was here uh, last week. Big dog, I'm assuming, uh, producer, I worry about him when I'm not here. Sometimes David will, you know, run around and, uh, you know, get a little wild and crazy while I'm not here. I'm assuming he maintained his professional expertise in his duties even while I was not here last week. In, in the words of uh, Will Farrell, he kept his composure, coach. <laughs> Okay, I'll take that as a plus. Yeah. Just yeah. like the time of possession. Still getting over the passing of Rue McClanahan, though. That has d- definitely put a significant hit in my summer. And the Hawks traded Dustin Buff on those two things combined, Big Dover, really kind of throw me off, quite frankly. Yeah, from from everything that I'm hearing from hockey experts, uh, since the Hawks are going to basically lose Dustin Bufflin anyways because of the way the NHL has their salary cap set up, yep. it was actually a great move that they made. Well, so they're actually going to—they're getting something in return, and it, he's a young guy with a, a lot of upside, and also getting some picks. So you're going to lose Dustin Buffett. So the fact they got anything for him ended up being a good move. The fact that they got actually somebody with some talent was a surprising move mm-hmm. around the NHL. So uh, you know, don't don't blame the Blackhawks people. Where are they breaking up the team? Blame Gary Bettman on the way the NHL has it set up. They have a hard salary cap, yeah. and it's not very high. And basically, the Hawks next year. You know we're going to be talking about whether the whether the Hawks win the world, the world Cup, whether they win the Stanley Cup again, uh, or whether they don't. They're going to lose a couple more players next year, coach. That mm-hmm. are good players that they'd want to keep. Yeah, next year, but this year they're pretty much through. Unless they have to trade, at least for money reasons. I'll disagree with you again just a little bit. They didn't have to get rid of Dustin Bufflin. There was three, four, five, six different players that they could have gotten rid of. They chose him, and I, I will agree with you on the other part that I think he was the right one as opposed to a Patrick Sharp, an Andrew Ladd, or a Christopher Stieg. I think they kept – basically they went speed over power, and I think that's what makes the Hawks special, that speed game. So I think they didn't have to get rid of Buffalo. They could have chose other. I do think they made the right choice. Okay, yeah, that, excellent point, excellent point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
You're talking about a guy. Well, you know what? I'm not going to rip a guy who only seems to play in the playoffs because he doesn't do anything in the regular season. But the last two years at the playoffs, the guy's been absolutely phenomenal. I did not want to lose Dustin Bufflin. No Hawk fan wanted to lose Big Buff. Mm-hmm. You, you got to make some choices. Speaking and, of um, Big and in the Buff, by the way, uh, the many things that happened this weekend was the Pride Parade. I know every year I say I want to go down to watch that uh, folks out outside the Chicago area. Huge, huge celebration parade. It's the uh, Gay Pride Parade, kind of known as the Pride Parade. It's become, correct me if I'm wrong, Big Doug, because you're more uh, city uh, pervasive than I am, but it's become one of the big events in the city of Chicago, the Pride Parade this weekend. Again, I missed I didn't even know what was going on. Not much publicity, but I'm assuming you were down there covering it or covering something for the two guys in a mic show. Uh, I hate to tell you, Coach, no, I wasn't. I totally forgot what was going ah, on. And, and i got to tell you something. I didn't know what was going on until going to the, the ball game this weekend. Uh-oh. How many White Sox fans were like, let's go to the Pride Parade. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's the Pride Parade. It's a Sunday. <laughs> You're the one who remembered. Why don't you go? So it was like one of those situations. Now, you know, I, I don't care less about that. You can do whatever you want to. I just find it funny that you got other people like, degrading Cub fans because the Pride Parade was going on. <laughs> the fight- I mean, White Sox fans, get, get over it, okay? No, nobody yeah. uh, nobody talked about you having people beat up right outside your ballpark just because they weren't the same color as you, okay? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was, it was one of those situations. Going mm-hmm. I saw fights this weekend, just morons, Coach, just freaking morons going – and then, then it was like, and that was like the that was like the main thing. People making fun of White Sox fans because they didn't have as many teeth as Cub fans, and Cub Cub fans getting made fun of because the Pride Parade goes right by their ballpark. Sounds like, like we're out from their park. I feel like we're heading into edition of Black and Blue City. Big Dog talking a little interleague baseball course here in sorry. Chicago. It was the Cub, not sorry at all. Cub versus Sox, certainly one of our main topics today. The White Sox uh, just on an unbelievable streak came to an end yesterday. Finally, they lose eight to six. They almost. Rally to the ninth inning for a while. It looked like they were going to just get a miracle run and go for 12 in a row. But, to, what, 15 of their last 16, 11 in a row. Tremendous streak for the White Sox. Before we get to your beloved Cub, Big Dog, uh, for the White Sox, uh, and I'm going to guess your answer is somewhere in the middle. But for real, and this streak uh, could lead them to a championship, or are they going to revert back to the team that they were, for let's be honest, for a couple of months, not just a no, couple no, of weeks? I picked them to win the division at the beginning of the year, and I'm going to stick with them. That team is... That team has got great starting pitching. At least it has been in the past. So we'll see. I mean, all of a sudden you're starting to get it now. I, I, they're going to end up winning that division, coach. Whether they can win in the playoffs, that's a totally other, uh, mm-hmm. you know, question. But they will win the American wow. League Central. Pretty confident. I mean, I've said it a long time ago. I mean, I'm, I'm not willing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm willing to admit that they're a pretty decent ball club. So. All right. And I'm assuming that's based on the. Uh... Starting pitching in particular, certainly the everyday lineup top to bottom is not going to make the Detroit Tiger, the Minnesota Twins exactly uh, go fear factor on us. Yeah, yeah well, and not only starting pitching, uh, look at the bullpen. I mean, uh, Thornton, Sergio Santos, yep. Linebrink. I mean, that's a really, really good bullpen. So, On behalf uh, of the J.J. Putz family, please do not forget J.J. Putz on one of the emails. I won't forget Putz. I won't forget. Right yeah. now he's J.J. Putz, his real name. and Putz? He's kind of like... Uh, Michael Wirtz, you can change his name depending on how well he's pitched the previous mm-hmm. couple days. And right yeah. now he's J.J. Putz at this moment. Well, so, I just had to put, put that put. in because I remember on our radio show the last time we criticized J.J. Putz or Putz, as you call it, we had uh, a lot of angry emailers from uh, the dysfunctional family that is the Putz family here in Chicago. Is it Putz yeah, or Putz? I can handle an angry email. There's the coach. You can? 
I can handle an egg. All right. Well, then I'm going to send you the one. We got one from Lap Dance Larry over the weekend. I was going to answer him, but I'm going to send it over to you. You can deal with Lap Dance Larry if you're so good at it, okay? (laughs) Okay. No problem. Oh, goodness. By the way, if you do want to email us uh, and your name is not Lapdance Larry, you're more than well invited to, more than welcome, I should say, and invited to it, Mike, two guys at AOL.com, M-I-C, and the number two, Mike, two guys, AOL.com. We answer emails over the air, too. We'll read them, of course. Big Dog and a Coach at your service. Our phone number open, 888-463-6748. Hey, real quick, uh, it confirmed something that I've felt the last couple of years I've told you over the air, Big Dog. He doesn't get a whole lot of pub. My favorite player to watch, baseball-wise, in Chicago right now, just from an excitement standpoint, is Alexi Ramirez. Your thoughts? Well, you know what? He's fun to watch, Coach, for for a couple reasons. One, he's pretty good. And also, two, you don't know what you're going to get because yes. the guy doesn't have exactly the highest baseball IQ. As a matter of fact, I will call him Forrest Gump of Major League Baseball <laughs> because the guy does some of the stupidest things I've ever seen, but he makes some absolutely gorgeous plays. He made yes. a couple yesterday. Just smooth as silk out on the on the baseball field. How can a guy look so smooth and so great on one play and then yeah. on another play look like the worst baseball player the White Sox have had since Jerry Dixon? Yeah, notice how I <laughs> – the dipper. Notice how I didn't say best player. I just said the guy I enjoy watching the most. He's got that wow factor in the field and even at bat. For a skinny little dude, he can uh, he can palm the ball at times. He can jack it out of the park just for excitement. I do enjoy watching that kid play. And you have to admit, he's getting better. His his bad moments are getting less. His good moments, not dramatically, but gradually, his good moments are becoming more, his bad moments less. I will definitely have to agree with you there. He has definitely improved in his overall mm-hmm. uh, play of baseball. There's no question about that. Coach. All right, Cubs finally win uh, yesterday, 8-6. to six. They hang on Carlos Marmol. Uh, coming out of the bullpen, Big Dog, you are the blue of the black and blue city, longtime passionate Chicago Cub fan. Tell the listeners out there your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions as you were watching a potential meltdown in the ninth inning yesterday. Uh, Coach, right when he came in in an 8-3 game, and, you know, you don't have that juice for a, uh, a save situation. Yep. But, you know, Pinella had to get him some work because he hadn't pitched in a month, it seems like. You know, you have to you have to have a lead in the ninth inning for a closer <laughs> to actually get some work. Um you know, I, I understood why I was there, and I was afraid it would happen, and, and that's exactly that's exactly what. You know, next thing you know, it just started like snowballing. But right when it got tight, all of a sudden he started making great pitches again. But I had some I had some strange fear that Alex Rios was about to hit a three run home run and give the White Sox a win. Mm-hmm. Like really, you know what I mean? I was not comfortable. I'm not going to act like I knew he was going to get out of it. Uh, you know, if that game was eight to five when he came in, he probably would have set him down one, two, three. I, yep. I have no idea what it is about Marmol, but. Of all the closers in that particular situation, like Brad Lidge is the same way. Uh, Jonathan Broxton of uh, the Dodgers blew a non-save save last night. You know, he came in with the Yankees down four runs in the yep. ninth, and this guy has – Coach Broxton's ERA is just like Marmol's. It's like 1.0. Like it's right around one, and that's, that's dominant. Yesterday, he couldn't get anybody out. Line drives all over the mm-hmm. park. I, I don't know what it is. You put a – Jonathan Papelbon, same thing happened to him two days ago for the Red Sox. I did watch that ninth inning, by the way, and then uh, could not keep the old eyes awake. Uh, who ended up winning that ball game? For which game are you talking about? Yankees-Dodgers. Uh, the Yankees ended up winning the game. Wow. They uh, they scored uh, two runs in the top of the 10th, wow. and Mariano Rivera pitched two innings, and he got the win. Not a good loss for the L.A. Dodgers. Four-run lead. We'll, uh, a little bit later in the show, do our MLB interleague recap, a little... Uh, 
rapid fire right down the list of some of the games over the weekend. Not too many sweeps, a lot of two out of threes. Uh, but getting back to the ninth inning, they did show Lou Piniella pacing the dugout as Carlos Marmal fired ball after ball after ball. And I was fairly convinced, Big Dog, that if, if Alex Rios would have put it out of the park or if the White Sox would have come back, they would have had to carry Lou Piniella horizontal out of the ballpark. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that was going to happen. They might have had to get him in the wheelbarrow. I'm not <laughs> sure, but yes, he might have need to be airlifted or something. Uh, he might have just put his resignation in at that point. Uh, you, you know, uh, Bob Bradley, who is an awesome yes. color analyst, and I, I don't like the whole Len and Bob thing. Len Casper, to me, is contrived, and I don't think he's special or anything like that. And this is too bad because he's a Chicago announcer. He should be special. But Bob Bradley is awesome. And Bob Brentley has said it over and over again. Carlos, Carlos Marmol doesn't understand how hard his pitches are to hit, throw strikes. I mean, the guy's almost unhittable. When he throws strikes, he's going to get people out. Uh, I mean, you're going to get Luke hits every once in a while, Coach, and as baseball fans, we all know that's going to happen. Marmol's not going to be perfect as a closer. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if he gets beat by throwing strikes and somebody gets a hit off him, we can deal with that much better than him not throwing strikes. It, his stuff is so good, you, you can't hit it anyway. You, you know, so when when Brenly said that, I was like, you know, that really makes a lot of sense. His stuff is so hard to hit, just throw strikes, Carlos. Chicago Cub pitching coach Joel Redwanski joining us here on the uh, Two Guys in a Mic show. That's good advice, no doubt. Big dog, I would be remiss if we didn't go back to Friday, the big story of the weekend. Everybody talking about it, Carlos Zambrano's meltdown in the dugout. Now, you were at the game, so i got to ask you, did you see it live? Have you seen the replays? And, of course, just your overall thought of where the Cubs and Zambrano go from here. No, I, I saw it live. I mean, I mean, I was at the game, but I only saw it in replays. I did not see it actually live. Uh-huh. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit, here's what happened. We're, we're in the parking lot partying with all these people, giving out free beer. Uh, as a matter of fact, at the end, we had so much beer left that we did give it to a couple uh, mid-20-year-old girls at the end of the night who we ended up hooking up with. Um, never mind. <laughs> but we, we had a good time, Coach. Yes. Well, while I was there, some guy was like, man, I want to sit next to you, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, too bad I'm not going to the game. He's like, yeah, you are. And he gave me he gave me a ticket. It was a really good seat, too. It was pretty funny. Was, well, anyways, I got in there, and I started walking out of the seat with him, and everybody started telling me what had happened because I didn't get in until the top of the second inning. Okay. And right when after I heard what happened, I basically decided that I was not going to watch the rest of the game, and all I did was walk around the park and talk to as many people about the TV show as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And I did not even sit down and watch a, a second of the ball game. Did not see one pitch of the whole entire game, Coach. And, of course, there barely was any hits for your beloved Cub. They lost that game. What was it, 6 nothing, right? It was 6 nothing. Yeah. and Jake Peavy was absolutely dominant. and So I didn't watch any of it. So, But I did come home, I watched the replay, and, man, what a jackass. He just thoroughly embarrasses himself. <laughs> Doesn't he? You know, you know what? I have no problem. Show fire, you know, but he shows up his teammates way too much. And that is my biggest thing with sports. I cannot stand when yep. a player shows up somebody else uh, on the field like teammates, whether, whether it be Carlos Umbrano, whether it be Terrell Owens, you know what? You're not perfect. You know what I mean? It, it, don't show people up. And he's showing mm-hmm. up Derek Lee, the classiest player that they have on the freaking team. Yep. Yeah. I mean, uh, come on. We have know, any, I was really surprised Alfonso Soriano said the stuff he did yesterday about Carlos Zambrano, and i got to tell you something. Alfonso Soriano, all of a sudden you got another smiley face on the board for me, and you don't have too many of them, but that was definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I appreciated Alfonso Soriano getting Derek Lee's back yesterday. 
And, uh, you know, Astoriano has been a pain in the butt only because of his contract. Seriously, if Astoriano's making $10 million a year, I'm, I don't have as much uh, angst against him. But, you know what, when you sign contracts, all of a sudden you have a certain responsibility. I can care less what anybody says. Carlos Zambrano isn't living up to his. And yesterday when Soriano stepped up as a leader and said the stuff that he did about uh, Zambrano and Derek mm-hmm. Lee, all of a sudden I was like, oh, he's, is Soriano being a leader? So maybe there's something positive that can come out of it. You know, and, and maybe this team, 24 guys will band together a little bit better. And you know what I mean? And, and Zambrano can be contrite and actually be a teammate when he comes back. How many times, Coach, have you seen him blow up at a teammate for, like, misplaying a ground ball or, or something, you know, over the years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he clearly, uh, you know, he played part-time psychologist. He has significant, unconstrained anger management issues. And after that inning, you know, and he gave up the three-run homer, gave up four runs in the first inning. He's having a bad season. So it it was almost like he was mad at himself, but he was taking that blame out on others almost Great schoolish, if you will, Big Dog, but it was unfortunate to see. And uh, yeah, anger management issues, and I know he's tried to deal with them, but come crunch time, under pressure, he's not able to. He's proven that over his career. Well, well Coach, you've seen some of the greatest pitchers that were winners in, you know, out on the field. Can you imagine Bob Gibson or Sandy Koufax yelling at a teammate? No. Exactly. You know, I never saw Greg Maddox ever yell at a teammate, ever. They would always be like, hey, I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to pick you up. Maybe inside they were like, man, that guy sucks. And he, I hope he never plays again when I'm on the field. But he would never, ever like point a finger at somebody. And, and I, you always say when you, you know, point a finger at somebody, there's three more pointing right back at you. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Uh, if any of our fans out there, Cubs, Sox, baseball fans, you got thoughts on Carlos Zambrano, what would you do if you were Cub management? Uh, is there a way of getting Carlos back in the franchise or you think – the day is done. You want to talk about that? Certainly people here in Chicago are. Uh, our phone number, 888-463-6748, Carlos Zambrano. If you're listening to the show, you're welcome um, to make your first public statement right here on the Two Guys at a Mic show. What better place, Big Dog? What better place to sneak in and try a response than the Two Guys at a Mic show? I think if Carlos is listening, we are the people we should talk to first, no? That, that sounds like an excellent idea. Coach, Absolutely. Because, uh... We'll give him an honest opinion on whether or not it's a, it's a good choice of work. Yeah, and and if it doesn't come out well, David Olson, who is the purveyor of our archives, anybody who wants to hear old shows, you want to go back and uh, hear shows from a couple of weeks ago, or you just need a two guys and a mic fix, they're available at our mic two guys dot com website. And I'm sure if Carlos says something that should not be said, David, the purveyor of our archives will. Kind of like a Nixon water t- Watergate tapes, you know. There'll, there'll be some slight erasures if we need to. Yeah, and we'll make sure that there's um, nothing gets leaked. Absolutely yes. nothing will get leaked. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more Cubs socks. We got World Cup soccer to talk about. By the way, big dog. While we're jabbering away here, the Netherlands leads Slovakia one to nothing. Slovakia. The wonderful country that used to be Czechoslovakia. I don't know what happened to Czecho, but Slovakia Uh, is still alive. Have 25 minutes left to score a goal or their World Cup days are over. The Czech Republic coach is the other one. Ah, is that what happened to him? Yeah. Really? Czechoslovakia is now two countries, Czech Republic and Slovakia. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but you can still get some really good uh, Sreslava there, no matter which which country you go to. You can cross the borders and the, uh, what's it called, the Shleklava? I don't know, I just made it up. (laughs) If it has to do with meatballs, I'm hungry. And cream puffs. I have a strange desire, Big Dog, for a nice cold cream puff. I can't explain it, but I do. 
if you need a cream puff coach, I know exactly. You need to drive south on Milwaukee Avenue. There's this one Polish deli that is freaking. I'll I'll, I'll tell you where to go. When we come back, we'll talk cream puffs and sports in that order. Back in a minute. TalkZone.com. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com 28 minutes left in the show work looking over our program sheet here we have the united states track and field championships big dog we have wimbledon tennis welcome back talkzone.com two guys and a mic wimbledon it's called big monday maybe the biggest day yet at Wimbledon, we had an unbelievable run in the LPGA Major, in women's golf, World Cup soccer, interleague baseball, all that in 28 minutes. But I have to put right to the forefront, right to the front of that discussion. I need to find out where the best cream puff is in Chicago. Oh, okay. Now, do you, you know uh, Mikulecki's, uh Deli? God bless you. Okay. It, it's Okay. It's like 5400 North Milwaukee. Okay. And it's... It's uh, there's a big red sign yep. and it just says Delicatessia or something like that. Uh-huh. It's a big red sign that hangs out over the building and it's in a brown brick building. It's 5400 North no. Milwaukee. Coach, I am not kidding you. I went in there. They had some Kalashkis one day. They'll just uh, <laughs> it, it, the stuff is so good and legitimately, you walk in there and you get fatter. You don't have to eat anything. You just start blowing up. You're like, man, I, my, my pants are tight. You have no idea why, but it's worth it, Coach. Gain a couple of pounds just walking through the revolving door, huh? Um, now, see, I'm bad on numbers. I'm a suburban guy here. 5,400. Give me a rough idea how deep into the city is that. Milwaukee, about what cross-section? Okay, it's directly in between Bryn Mawr and Foster, and it's that's, on the west side of the road. That's near our old home. That's what I'm talking about. We... It was legitimately, like, I used to, when I used to take the train, I'd walk past that every single day. Okay. Every single day. And, like, on the way home, I would be like, I might want one of those. And every once in a while, I would go in there, and they'd have, like, this like this cheese custard puff thing. Mm-hmm. That, like, you, you bite into it, and it, it just, like, custard explodes all over around your hand. And like, it was it was disgusting, Coach. It was actually delicious. <laughs> disgusting, but delicious. I will tell you, we talk cream puffs very quickly here. Excuse me. Anybody that um, has any cream puff suggestions for us, feel free to let us know via the email mike two guys aol dot com. You can call in also triple eight four six three six seven four eight. The best cream puffs uh, that I have ever tasted are at the Wisconsin State Fair. I don't know if you've ever gone up there for that, but they have a cream puff factory at the State Fair. Okay, and you know what Wisconsin's known for, Coach, for people wise, Germans and Polacks. 
Okay. What does that have to do with cream puffs? Well, that's, that's, we make the best cream puffs. I was not aware. Uh, seriously, when you talk about pastries, you need to talk to Polish people. Okay. I mean, there's like there's like certain foods that you need to like, oh, those, that particular ethnicity does the best on that. I don't know what it is with Polish people and their pastries, but like like my grandma never ate real food. All she ate were like cookies and <laughs> like like custard rolls and stuff like that and cream puffs. That's mm-hmm. all the woman ate. She lived to be 85 years old. She was the only one in her whole entire family that didn't die at the age of 57, and she had the worst diet of any human being I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Defeating so, like, all medical. She's like, oh, no, no, we, I don't have no, we don't have enough food for everybody, so I'll just eat dessert. And I said, you what? She just sit there and eat her pastries all day long. All right, well, I'll have to check out that place on Milwaukee Avenue, and uh, if you ever visit the Wisconsin State Fair, those are the finest cream puffs. And uh, is your is your grandma still alive? No, 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 she is not. Ah. No, all right. She's not. But if you're if you're thinking pastry, go Polish. That's the, what you're saying. Oh, without a doubt. Beautiful. Without a doubt. Beautiful. Words of wisdom. That's what you get here on the Two Guys in a Mic show. Uh, one hour a day, 10 to 11 every Monday through Friday here on thetalkzone.com. Big Dog and the coach at your service. Big Dog, very quickly, some titillating tidbits and news and notes from other sporting events before we forget them. First of all, it's Big Monday at Wimbledon, the final 16 of the men's bracket. The final 16 of the women's bracket. Serena Williams taking on Maria Sharapova amongst the great matches today. Yo, Wimbledon... Um, Excitement level on a scale of one to ten. Oh, for me, you know, I have other things that I have. To, like right when I get done with this, I got to work all the rest of the day. I'm not complaining about that, but you mm-hmm. know. So my excitement level you just just went up a little bit, knowing that Maria Sharapova and Venus Williams are going to be together. But mm-hmm. how many men do you think will be watching that with their pants around their ankles? Take it easy. Take it easy. This is America's number one family sports show. Yes. You're not in America with a family. That's yeah, pretty much the way it works. Uh, also, uh, if we can clean up things a little bit, a big match coming up from Austra- a couple of Aussies, I should say, Kim Kleisters and Justin Ennen. As you know, it's not Justin Ennen Ardeen anymore. She got divorced, so now it's just Justin Ennen. But a couple of uh, top-rated females that both retired briefly are back, and they meet each other today, too. Another good match. Yeah, and those are the only two females that aren't don't have the last name Williams that have won a Wimbledon in the last 10 years. Interesting. You sure about so it's that? It's funny that they're finishing, you know, they're actually going to be in the, what's the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so we got Big Monday at uh, Wimbledon. We'll be watching closely for that. World Cup soccer ongoing later this afternoon. you got Brazil taking on Chile. Did you hear about the LPGA Championships out in Pittsford, New York? Not Pittsburgh, but Pittsford, New York. Did you hear about Christy Kerr, Big Duck? Oh, no, I did not hear about Christy Kerr, Coach. 68 on Thursday, 66 on Friday, a 69 on Saturday. And under pressure to win the tournament, she shoots a 66 yesterday, wins the event by 12 strokes. Christy Kerr literally on fire. Yeah, that's getting it done. Okay, you don't see the major championships won by 10 strokes normally unless it's somebody by the name of Tiger Woods that's yep. involved in it. So that, that that's pretty impressive. 12 at a major United States track and field championship. One of the great sporting events that, uh, you know, we just kind of get the past. The collegiate or the United States? No, this is the U.S. This is the big kahuna. Oh, I wish I would have known. I would, I, okay. It's amazing. You know, track and field, sort of like soccer a little bit. It does not get the pub that it should. It's one of those events that if you watch it, I like you, you know, tuned in for a little bit, just did not have the time to get into it. But it's pretty cool. 
if you do, but uh, the U.S. Track and Field Championships were right there for you at the uh, University of Drake, I believe, in where? Des Moines, Iowa? Yeah, Drake's in Des Moines. Des mm-hmm. Moines, or yeah, right over on the border. Young lady from Chicago, Consuela Moore out of South Shore High School, won the 200 meter run. So, um, who, who won the 100 meter men? Was it uh, was it Tyson Gay or Walter Dix? I don't think Tyson Gay was running. So then Dix had a win, coach. I will double. If he didn't win, then there's like some superstar out there in U.S. track and field that we don't know about because I mean he's. Without a doubt, the second fastest person in America right now, if Tyson Gay wasn't running. All right, the 100 won. meter. We'll see if our uh, producer extraordinaire, David Olson, who once ran a 14-second 100 meter, uh, can find that out. We'll find out who the fastest man in America right now is. But um, all those events going on over the weekend, make sure we didn't miss any here. we got World Cup Soccer, Interleague Baseball going on. Uh, World Cup Soccer, we got Brazil taking on Joey later this afternoon. Kind of an interesting matchup. Brazil the favorite. Taking on, I don't know if you've seen Chile play, but they're a pretty good team. Uh, excellent. They got a couple guys that, uh, can flat out score the ball and they have, uh, they got like a giant, like some six foot seven dude coach mm-hmm. that on, on set plays, on the set piece, you know, he can get up and head it in at any time. So that's like Chile, if you actually commit a foul against them, you're really uh, taking your life in your own hands because this guy can head the ball in from anywhere within the box. So. By the way, I did see the Aussie Guillen of soccer coaches yesterday and uh, Argentina's coach. Is it Diego Maradona? Yeah, Maradona. Did, yeah. You, <laughs> did you see him coaching? I, I, I can't stand that guy. He's had, <laughs> he said so many negative things about the United States of America uh-huh. over his lifetime yeah. that I, I don't get into all his flair and flamboyance. You know, why don't you just go back to your cocaine habit, Diego? Wow. Wow. Big dog firing. Boom. Any of our Argentina fans that are listening to the program, that was Joel Radwanski who made that contact. Joel can be uh, reached at his home address, which is, and I won't give it out. Yeah, but, please please don't give it out. And as a matter of fact, you know, I, was, I, I, I do a lot of tweeting for Black and Blue City, Coach. Yes. And I put some pretty controversial stuff over there. And, Absolutely. Uh, my, Cloudy comes down one day, and he's like, you know, I don't want our house getting blowed up. <laughs> Could you could you please take the locator off of the off of your tweet? I'm getting those, I'm all this controversial stuff out there. I'm saying all a few nasty things to a couple yeah. of like White Sox fans that were just giving me crap for the only reason just because I'm the Cub guy. Yep. Who they don't realize that if okay, you throw ten pounds of dirt on me, I'll throw fifty pounds of dirt back on you. And uh he's like, Could you please not have our home address come up on the tweets anymore? So here I am ripping people, and every time they like basically was like, "Oh, you're a typical White Sox fan who has no teeth and wears a white beater." Okay, <laughs> and all of a sudden, Joel Redwanski, ten forty-five, blah blah blah. Never mind. Yeah, almost gave it up. Yeah, I would certainly don't want to have any of your roommates, any of your many roommates, accosted when they're actually um, trying to get at you. We don't want any well, case I- of. Misidentification. Now, my, our roommate Mahmoud, he would like to get accosted. He's into that type of stuff. Coach. Well, you know, after a couple of lonely weekends, it may not be your first choice, but uh, don't knock getting accosted until you've tried getting accosted. Yeah, my my roommate Briano, I think he got accosted last night three or four times. To be honest with you. <laughs> oh goodness! Eight 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 four six three six seven forty eight. David Olson, we find out who won the hundred meter run yet? No. Can't find that United States track. Look at that. Even on Google, that's how little respect the fine sport of track and field gets. Big dog, it's unbelievable. If it isn't, if it isn't Walter Dix, the Bears need to sign whoever won that thing. Okay, is all I'm saying. There's there's somebody else out there that's faster than him. I mean, Walter Dix won the he won the what do you call it the bronze medal in the 100 meter at the Olympics a couple of years ago. So. Okay. 
I would have to say he won. He won the silver medal, too, in the 200. So. All right. Well, we will find out before this show is over. Real quick, at Interleague Baseball yesterday, if we can go down the list. Of course, we already talked Cubs and Sox. Sox winning two out of three. There were a lot of two out of threes. Very little sweepage. If you were a hardware store selling brooms, the broom section, a slow weekend. Because there weren't too many sweeps. we got a major argument going on in the Netherlands versus... Uh, Slovakia, by the way, I got distracted there for a minute. But uh, very quickly, Arizona knocked off Tampa Bay 2-1. to one. They won 2 out of 3. Big Dog, I ask you, what happened to Tampa Bay, the hottest and best team in baseball, for a month and a half? They're 12-19 and 19 since May 23rd. What happened to the Devil Ray? Yeah, that's a, that's a, I, I, they can't hit anymore, Coach, because the, the pitching hasn't been bad. You know I mean, it's not like they're getting destroyed. The, the, the pitching has been solid. It's like... They're not scoring any runs. Every time I, you know, I watch, I look at the Tampa Bay score at the end of the day, they lose three to one or three to two. They, they even got no hit on Friday by Edwin Jackson. Edwin, ja- Edwin Jackson threw 149 pitches in a game. How many of them do you think were strikes, Coach, in a no hitter? He threw 149 pitches. Uh, 84. Okay, well that's you knew it was going to be low. Yes. Only 79. He threw 70 balls. The last time a pitcher threw 70 balls in a ball game was like 60 years ago. That's how long ago that – the guy was not that effective, but I guess he was effectively wild. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Tampa Bay can't hit anymore, Coach, because Jeff Neiman is still pitching pretty well. Matt Garza's pitching well. The, the, the Jimmy Shields kid is pitching well. Uh, David Price is pitching well. They can't hit. That's their problem. Third so, time this year. It's amazing how many no-hitters there's been. What, four, almost five? No hitters should have been five with the bad call. Five. I'm giving I'm giving Armando Galarraga yeah. for the perfect game for the rest of my life. Yeah, we're still you know somewhat early in the baseball season, so it's been amazing. But Tampa Bay, correct me if I'm wrong, has been no hit three times this year. Well, um, well, definitely twice, but they were also perfect game last year by by Mark Burley. So I know they okay. they've been no hit three times within a, a calendar year within mm-hmm. 162 games. Because right. hold on, there's been four this year, right? So uh, Dallas Braden, um, uh, Edward Jackson. Did Ubaldo get one? No, Ubaldo does not have okay. one yet. But there's two other ones that I'm trying to think of, and I don't know if they were. I can't think of. I, I will by the end of the show. We'll figure out mm-hmm. if Tampa Bay has all three of them. And then so. to add salt to the proverbial wound that is Tampa Bay's problems right now, apparently uh, Evan Longorio, their third baseman and center fielder B.J. Upton. Uh, pulled a Carlos Zambrano in the dugout between innings. So um, things not so good for Tampa Bay. And again, they were the best team in baseball for close to two months. Yeah, do you know who? Do you know who DJ Upton is, Coach? He's Paul Blair, except he doesn't hit as well as Paul Blair. I was going to say if that's supposed to be an insult, that's a pretty good compliment because Paul Blair was a heck of a player. Yeah, well, DJ Upton is the best center fielder in the American League, and he can't hit a lick. That dude is the worst hitter in all of in all the American. And as soon as he gets on first base, he just takes a left turn and steals second. He steals third. The, the guy's got twenty five stolen bases this year, and I think he's reached first base like two times. So, <laughs> so like if he if BJ Upton was, I, I don't know what he would be mad about. It. He's he's got to be frustrated at himself because that guy can't hit at all. Uh-huh. So all right, enough on Tampa Bay. Let's move along. Interleague baseball, and I think this was the final weekend. For interleague baseball, so enjoy it while you could. The Mets knocked off the Twins six nothing, two out of three for the Mets. Minnesota struggling a little bit. The New York Mets uh, playing very good baseball actually now for 
an extended period of time, but pretty good series between those two teams, Doug. Yeah, excellent. And then for the that was big time for the Chicago White Sox because you know Twins lose two out of three. Carl yep. Pavano is the only one who gets a win for the for the Twins this weekend. The, the White Sox win two out of three, so basically right there they gain mm-hmm. a game on the Twins. And when you're talking about when you're within a handful of games. Well, every time you, during a series, you can gain a game on on the on your rival on the team that you're chasing. That's that's very very big. So the the Twins, I mean the White Sox, need to hit the cast of the New York Mets this particular weekend. No question about a battle of the state of Ohio, Cleveland, the Indian taking on Cincinnati, the Red, and it was uh, Cleveland winning yesterday five to three. Your favorite guy, Shin Choo Choo, or Shin Shoo Choo, God bless you, hit uh, two home Choo. runs. Pardon me, Shin So Choo, coach. Sin so shu? Sin Shin so chu. JJ puts or JJ putts? Like I said, it all depends on how he's pitching, and right now it is mm-hmm. it is put. Right Remember, now. I'm in a good mood because you're the one answering the email from Lap Dance Larry at the end of the show, so you can basically say anything you want. You as took long me as off. that email doesn't have a virus in it, I'll be happy to open it up. I don't know if the email does, but I can guarantee you Lap Dance Larry does. And I'm afraid of that. <laughs> Uh, all right, Sin Choo Choo with a couple of homers, so big win for the Cleveland Indians. And uh, Detroit knocked off Atlanta 10-4, to kind of an interesting series there. T- Atlanta won the first two, Tigers take the third one. So, again, Atlanta helping out our beloved White Sox. The Tigers struggle. Yeah, the, the, it seems like the White Sox just keep making up ground, making up ground, making up ground. You know, by the time the All-Star breaks come in, they're probably going to be in first place. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're only, what, a couple of weeks ago, we were, what, 7-8 back? Nine and a half games back, and the, right now the White Sox are within a game and a half. Yep. Okay, so that's pretty good. They've made up eight games over a period of like two and a half weeks, Coach. That's what happens when you get on a 11-game win streak, 14 of 15, and combine that with the other two teams not playing pretty well. So that's all you got to do, folks. If your baseball team is struggling out there, just win 14 of your next 15. You got a good chance of getting back in the race. Uh, Philadelphia knocked off Toronto yesterday, 11-2. to The Phillies have been struggling a little bit. Interesting to note here, Jamie Moyer, the pitcher for the Phillies, who's been pitching, I believe, since the late 40s, yeah. gave up his 506th homer, and he's been had a great career. Potential. Potential Hall of Famer, but he does now have the uh, ignominious record of giving up the most home runs of any player ever in Major League Baseball, 506 homers. And some stupid... Philly fan decided to throw the ball back on the field trying to act like a Cub fan. Don't they know any better? Isn't that ball worth a little something? something? Yes. You know, it might not be worth as much as the – I guarantee it's worth more than the 756 uh, Barry Bonds ball because nobody wants that. It's like – I don't know. It's like having uh, like a virus if you have that. But I would not have thrown that ball back out in the field, even if I was a Philly fan, because it's got to be worth at least a couple thousand, wouldn't you think, Coach? No, oh, I think quite more than that. I think uh, a lot of, not a little, but a lot of something, something, absolutely. It's 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 kind of a cool record. It's just an unusual one. But, yeah, most homers given up is 506. And, of course, you do that. And Jamie Moyer, as you know, Big Dog, has had a tremendous career. So it's kind of an ironic record, if you will. Well, I remember seeing something when I was young, and uh, they were talking about like the greatest pitchers of all time, and they had the most losses of all time. And I remember somebody like it was like uh, 
Walter Alston or somebody like that said a great quote, well, you got to be a great pitcher to lose that many games. Yep. Well, you got to be a pretty good pitcher to give up 500 home runs in your career because that means you had to get somebody out. Mm-hmm. But so, there was a yeah. basketball coach recently, maybe maybe Jerry Sloan, who set the record for most wins, but also is pretty close to the record for most losses. That would be Don Nelson, Coach. There you go. Thank yeah, you. It's Don Nelson. I didn't and think Jerry Sloan won. was it, yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, Jerry Sloan has the most postseason victories without a NBA title. Okay. And it's not even close, Coach. It's like, it's, I, I kind of, a little bit, sorry for him, just a tiny bit. And Don Nelson, I mean, that guy, I don't even think he's ever even came close to winning an NBA championship, yet he has the most wins all time. And you're right, he, he is very close for the most losses all time, mm-hmm. Coach. He'll end up having that, too. Is Don Nelson uh, the basketball version of, of Cub manager Lou Pineda? Well, Lou Pineda was, uh, <laughs> uh, he was a, a better player than Don Nelson was a basketball player. Well, Don Nelson was pretty good. Pretty well, good. Don Nelson also hit the shot that gave the Celtics a championship, and yep. that's always good. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Canella won a championship, though, Coach. Well, I understand that, but I'm just uh, looking at him from a physical standpoint, from a longevity standpoint. They just kind of remind me of each other. But you're right. Uncle Lou has won, has the big uh, World Series ring, and, of course, Don Nelson, has. he's right up there with Jerry Sloan for – Winning games and playoffs, but never winning the big one. You know, yeah. But as so a player, like Don Nelson, because Don Nelson would start five cards, or he start five power forwards if he thought that gave his uh, team the best chance to win. You know, and, and Lou Pinella has done some stuff like. Uh, you remember the time that he did, he took Sean Marshall that was in the game, put him out in left field, and then brought him back in to pitch mm-hmm. just so he so he didn't have to face a right-handed batter. Yep. You know, so, I mean, stuff like that happens every once in a while. Don Nelson, that is, that is something that Don Nelson would do. So, you know, that's not a bad thing. I'll right. tip my hat to you, Coach. I like making fun of you, but maybe you actually got something right there. Slovakia is not dead yet. Looks like they scored a goal with about uh, eight seconds left in extra time. No, they, they pulled it away. Oh, they took it away? Oh, no, they put it back on. But the game's they, over they, either they way. They took it away and they put it back on. Uh, and they took it away and now it's back on as of now, but it, the game is over. They're so. shaking hands. Consolation prize, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening via uh, our internet in the Netherlands, you are celebrating right now for all of our fans, and I guarantee you we have plenty of fans out in the uh, Czech Republic, the Slovakia area. Disappointed, Big Dog, the World Cup soccer team has been defeated 2-1. to one. The Netherlands advances to the round of eight. And in Netherlands, all the girls that have their clothes half off are now half off. <laughs> what about Slovakia? Well, uh, they're, now they're just a quarter price coach. Yeah. The exchanging of the shirts, the taking off of the jerseys, exchanging of the jerseys, one of the many great traditions in soccer. You can only wish that uh, they would have that same tradition at Wimbledon. You know, I, I, I wouldn't mind doing it, like, with a German dude, because you know that dude's probably, like, ridiculously clean. Yep. You know what I mean? But, like... Or like a guy from Chile, you know, I'd have no problem with it, you know. But a Slovakian, do you really want to switch shirts with one of those guys? Eh, live a little bit. Live <laughs> a little bit. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. If you're from the Netherlands, if you're from Slovakia, or God forbid, from the United States, you want to talk some sports, World Cup soccer, baseball, anything you want to get into. We still got a few minutes left. Big dog and a coach at your service. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. By the way, Dave, if we do get a phone call. 
from the Netherlands or Slovakia, please put them to the front of the list. Thank you very much. Uh, all right, continuing on interleague baseball, big dog. Baltimore knocked off Washington four to three. It's been a bad, long, long year for the Orioles, but they sweep the Nationals. They win the battle of the crosstown rivalry. Those two stadiums about uh, forty minutes apart. So the Orioles on a roll. You know, yeah, the, the Orioles have had an abysmal season, coach. We're talking like historically bad for that organization. It consists, you know, considering they used to be the St. Louis Browns. That's a that's a definitely bold statement. And, you know, have you noticed ever since the Nationals have brought up Steven Strasburg, they lose every game that he doesn't pitch? And they were actually having a pretty good year before they brought this kid up. they got to send him down for just to save their season. It's interesting. By the way, I don't know if I missed it or maybe I was caught up in the World Cup soccer. What happened in Steven Strasburg's third pitching performance? Okay, by the way, just to let you know, he's on his fourth. This will be his fifth start coming up. All right, then what happened uh, on his, his fourth? Uh, his Four start, he well, he dominated. He got like he had eleven strikeouts and no walks, and only allowed wow. uh, one run, and it was like a broken bat single. The wow. coach, 11? the guy, is ridiculous. Okay. Eleven strikeouts, no walks. Because I remember him pitching against the White Sox. He had eight strikeouts, I think, uh-huh. coming off the fourteen strikeout game, and then for some reason I, I missed. Some of the pub, uh, you know, and, and starts number three or four. So the last one was very good as well. Yeah, basically through four starts, he has 42 strikeouts and like three walks. Mm-hmm. That's good. That, that, by the way, that's really good. Yeah. For those <laughs> keeping score at home, that is um, under the category of good. Yes. Like, how's, wow. How's like that good. for baseball expertise? Kansas so, City taking on St. Louis, the uh, – Bragging rights in the state of Missouri. Kansas City Royal beat the Cardinals yesterday 10 to 3. They take the series two out of three. Big Dog St. Louis struggling. If the Cubs were playing good baseball, they could have made some ground, but they are not. But the uh, Royals knock off the Cardinals. Good job by KC. Yeah, coach, I can't tell you how many years that the Cubs are good and the Cubs have to deal with the fact that they have to play normally a very competitive uh, White Sox team six times and the Cardinals have to play a ridiculously inept Royals team six times. Well, guess what? This is a year when the Cubs can actually make some ground up because the Royals actually take care of business against the Cardinals. But no, Cubs can't. Uh, Cubs can't do anything. So it's just, it's just another one of those years you just throw your hands up in frustration about the team that is the Chicago Cubs. Thank you very much, Black and Blue City very own Joel Radwanski joining us for uh, just a few more minutes here on the Two Guys in a Mic Show. Good. Pitching matchup. Tim Lencicom took on John Lester yesterday. Arguably dog two. Actually, not so arguably. Two of the top ten pitchers in baseball right now in Boston won the ball game. Johnny Lester out pitching Tim Lencicom. But a good matchup right there. Uh, yeah, a phenomenal matchup. And if you're shaking your head being like, really, John Lester? Yeah, John Lester has won nine of his last ten decisions. Yep. Uh, he's got an ERA in the high twos. And you're talking about you know pitching in Boston in an American League. That kid is a great story coach. He had Hodgkin's disease. Some people thought that only would he not pitch again. They, they gave him like a short time to live back uh, four years ago. And next thing you know, now he's one of the top pitchers in uh, in the American League. And out-dueling Timmy Lencicom, who's one of the best as well. So big win there for the uh, Boston Red Sox, who've kind of taken Tampa Bay's mantle in the American League. He's San Diego, the only interleague uh, baseball that was not interleague. I didn't say that particularly well, but Two National League teams meeting up over the weekend. San Diego Padres, they sweep the Florida Marlins very quietly, dog. Yeah. Very quietly. Shh, don't say anything. The beautiful city of San Diego has a four and a half game lead. 
in the National League West. Yeah, and I, I, I keep on waiting for the Dodgers to come sneaking up on them. The, the fact that the Padres have a, a winning record does not surprise me, Coach, because they do have a lot of defense and they've got a good bullpen and they've got a couple good starters. But the fact that they're four and a half games above the Dodgers right now, yeah, I am a little shocked about that, Coach. Mm-hmm. And the Giants and the Colorado Rockies, three teams that are waiting uh, right behind them. So that should be uh, fun to watch. We're kind of in positioning stage. End of June, July is kind of the... What would you say, the meat and potatoes part of the season, Big Dog? Once you get through July the next month, then you start seeing the uh, end of the rainbow. Yeah, like right around this time, you know, in June, like even bad teams like the Chicago Cubs, you still say, well, they got a shot. If the Cubs are still bad uh, a month from now in, like, you know, July 28th, it's done, it's over with Barry, and hopefully they can mm-hmm. unload some of these contracts, which I think are pretty much unmovable. Going to put you on the spot here real quick as the show comes to a close. Big Dog and the Coach back at you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Real quick, in baseball right now, who is a contender that come September will prove to be a pretender? Again, putting Around the dog on the spot. Take your time. Others. Take your time. Who is a contender thus far who will prove, in your opinion, by the end of the year, to be a pretender. I, I really want to say the the Texas Rangers coach. Okay. You remember I said they were going to start out really hot and, and dive. And, and uh, you know, I, I still think we're going to be right about that. But there's nobody else in that division that I'm that I'm talking about that's going to be any good. I, I think everybody in the East is actually a good team. So I guess I'm going to have to go with uh, the National League Central. And uh, Dusty Baker will finally catch up with the Cincinnati Reds. Okay. It's a good thought. 42-34 and 34 right now, the Cincinnati Reds. Texas, by the way, 46-29. and 29. They've won nine of their last ten. All right, Dog, we got to wrap it up. We'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? Heck yeah, Coach. Beautiful. Big Dog in the coat. Don't forget, blackandbluecity.com. Check it out on the website. they got a Thursday show coming up. Uh, we'll talk about that. David Olson, our producer, great job. we got to sign off for today. Have a great one, everybody. We'll see you at 10 tomorrow. Don't be late.